You're listening to the Win Build Send podcast, a podcast focused on evangelism, discipleship, and multiplication. I'm your host, Gabriel Menchaca. Thanks for listening. Okay, I'm here with Abigail from Hong Kong. Her dad is uh, Pastor John Malcolm. Her mom is Val Malcolm or Valerie. Yeah, she would prefer Valerie, I think. And um, she's here in Germany. Uh, we uh, she was we were at service on Sunday, and she was playing on the worship team with Courtney. Um, they had a great set. It was good worship. Um, what what about in Hong Kong? What would you say is like one of the biggest needs there? That you would say, like, man, yeah, this is one of the biggest needs in Hong Kong. Um, I think that in Hong Kong, people really need to learn how to take it slow. Because every, everything's just rushed there. You know, you don't have, um, just even, not only on a spiritual level, but talking about the people, the, the local people, the expats, everyone. Everyone's just constantly working. They're busy. They have many times you see a lot of kids. They don't. They barely have uh, time to spend with their own family members, yeah. with their parents. They're brought up by, you know, uh, their their helpers know them more than their parents the are. Nannies yeah, the whatever, nannies. Yeah. yeah. So I feel that in Hong Kong, there's a strong need for. There, sh- I feel like there should be more opportunities where the family can get together. And just spend more time with each other and not be too occupied by the money, the work, you know, the need to be the best in everything you do. Because Hong Kong is that is the kind of place where you need to be on top of everything, education, work. So they have that competitive edge. Yeah, they do. Okay. Yeah. So then, like, um, it sounds similar to Frankfurt because they were saying, like, there's a huge breakdown of family in Frankfurt because everybody's so career oriented. Like, they'd rather... Um, go work and get money then sit down and have dinner together yep that's hong kong basically i mean okay. of course you do have some families like yeah, yeah that have that still um put family first like i'm blessed to be in a family like that in hong mm-hmm, kong mm-hmm. but the many cases that's what happens you know work breaks up the family and you even see many uh young couples or just Couples in general that have gotten married, they don't want to have kids because they're worried it's too expensive. So they set all these, you know, they limit themselves from um, a lot of things in life, like being able to have a family, going out to travel because they're so focused on work and everything. And they, they're they always so tensed up. And I feel like the only way they can actually... Um, find that relaxing moment and the only way that... One of the only ways that they can really enjoy life is um, through the church. Yeah. Because it's okay. when when you surround yourself by the people at church, you're surrounding yourself by you know people who are who are mature in Christ, and they they all know what it's like. To, they all know what the culture in Hong Kong's like, and so that way you're more you know you're not the only one that's trying to be on top of everything, and you. Um, you're you're exposed you you realize that there really is more to life than just working Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. there there is a god once you you have that relationship you there's more you you have you find more purpose in life yeah there's a real reaching out of the gospel and presenting it and kind of sharing christian life yeah 
So, okay. So, what, if you if you could describe the church. Basically, this podcast is focusing on three things. Win, build, send, uh, evangelism, discipleship, multiplication. But um, I think it'd be interesting just to kind of hear what the church is like in Hong Kong. Like, is it, like, as I understand it, it's an international congregation. So, what does that mean? Like, what does that look like? Um, well, so our international service takes place in the afternoon. So that's the one my dad pastors. Okay. And then we have the morning services, um, which is, I think there's like 13, 14 of them all around Hong Kong. Um, some take place on a Saturday. 13 or 14 different services? Yeah, different services all around Hong Kong. Okay. Yeah, so some are, we have a couple of international ones as well. Some are language-based, so we have Filipino, Indonesian, Chinese, um, Nepalese, a uh, so, uh, wide range of uh, languages to cater to the... No Mexicans? <laughs> no, unfortunately not, not yet. <laughs> um, so just to cater to the uh, minority groups in Hong Kong as well. Um, so all these, uh, everyone speaks English anyways. Okay. Um, so our international service, we are combined, you know, over, over 50, 60 nationalities just um, in that building itself, yeah, even though, you know, one person can, one person probably comes from three different places. That's how diverse. Do, uh, do they have are. expression in the, in the service? Like, is there, you know, like, is it, when I say international, is it just like an English service that has like. I guess American music or like is there expression from like these other countries um well everything is in English because that's the only language that is understood all across yeah it's, like a, common, we, yeah, yeah. it's a common language um our worship is all in English but I guess what makes it international is the people the kind the culture we bring in um well, let me say it like this. Like, I know Filip- <laughs> Filipinos, like, um, the ones I've met and been around, like, they love doing karaoke. Oh, so yeah. do you guys have, like, karaoke nights? You know what I mean? Like, okay. is there something that's from their culture that is, like, expressed in the church? Or is it just kind of like, it's just big, uh, like, a, a mixing um, thing where it's just the common language is English. So you do kind of everything mm-hmm. in a vague or general way just to kind of um, keep the continuity. Yeah, I guess when it comes to celebrations... They um, incorporate a lot of their traditional. Yeah. Okay. So like birthday yeah, parties. Birthday par- yeah. Birthday parties. Even the church anniversaries. Like for our Filipino service in Philippines, um, turning eighteen is a big thing. Okay. So they, uh, the, it's like a, a they have a debut for the girls. So oh. when our Filipino church turned, at, when they reached their eighteenth anniversary, they, they this, the style of the ser- the anniversary was similar to that of the debut yeah, so okay. that that kind of thing yeah, yeah we have th- and that. that's actually really cool mm-hmm. that'd be co- actually cool to even see like pictures yeah. of or something like that um your dad and your mom are not from hong kong correct no yeah they're not so they, we'll explain that first okay so my dad grew up in india for a couple of years and then he moved to singapore uh when he was nine i think with his family and that's where, uh, when he was a teenager, that's where he met the Neville's Pastor Larry. And, and my mom, uh, after he, sorry, after my dad turned 18, he moved to Hong Kong to help Pastor McGovern with the church okay. there. 
So he get, had to give up his Singaporean citizenship. If not, he would have had to go into the army. So in, oh, yeah, yeah, to it's... to uh, get himself out of it, he had to give it up. And so he was able to move to Hong Kong right away after yes, school. Um, my mom, she grew up in Malaysia, but she um, moved to Hong Kong in her early 20s, I think, because she was working for Cathay Pacific. So she came to Hong Kong and worked in the airlines, and that's where my parents met in the church in Hong Kong. Okay, and so then, um, what about you? Do you feel, like? I think we we talked about this briefly. What do you feel like? Do you feel like you're just you're you're from Hong Kong? Like that's who you are, or like? What? Yeah. Okay. When I'm not in Hong Kong, I kind of just say I'm from Hong Kong because to make it easier, and I don't want to complicate people. I'm from Malaysia. I'm also from India. I'm from Hong Kong, from like, oh, you're from everywhere. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so I would say I'm from Hong Kong since I've lived there my whole life, but I wouldn't identify myself as a Chinese person. Okay. Um, I'd say I'm a Malaysian Indian because so, I was born in Malaysia and I have a Malaysian passport, so that's like the strongest oh, cultural identity I have. Okay, I, I okay. identify with my Malaysian side more than I would with Hong Kong and yeah. Indian. Uh, because le- legally, like on the legal side of things. Um, I was, t- like I told you yesterday, um, I the only way I'm Indian is my stomach because of the food I oh. eat <laughs> and my skin, that's about it. Um, so, I, I mean, I... I know I understand the different cultures, but I'm not strongly inclined with all of them at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I, because even living in Hong Kong, everyone's from everywhere. We celebrate everything Chinese New Year, the Indian festivals, you know, at Christmas, Easter. We celebrate everything. So it's, it okay. sounds similar to the way Americans are like when you're in the States, mm-hmm. you're from a particular state. And then when you're in the state, you're from a particular city. But when you leave America, you're American. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like those, <laughs> those areas of like, um, where you just kind of, the further you go, it's just easier to say yeah. I'm from the States, you know, <laughs> like, um, but, okay, so so were there challenges with, with that, like in the church, like, or is it just so mixed up that everybody kind of has like, is in the same boat? Yep, it's, it's so mixed up that, yeah, everyone's on the same boat. It's, you don't have a problem with, you know, trying to fit in with other people from other cultures because everyone's so welcoming. Everyone has an open mind. That's cool. So I guess that's one of the perks of living in Hong Kong. I've been able to develop this open-minded perspective and, you know, uh, of this world and on being open to different groups of people no matter what background they come from because of the diverse culture of Hong Kong. And I've been able, I've been exposed to that ever since I was a little girl. So that's yeah. really helped in a lot of things that um, I've gone through, or you know, just e- even the way our the the development of our world. Just the ex- the exposure I get in Hong Kong has already prepared me for what I might um, go through in the future, and even stuff now. Yeah, just coming to Germany. It's well. a cool reflection, though, of also like um, what we would, what I would coin like or call a kingdom culture, because like in a way, a kingdom culture supersedes all cultures of the earth. Mm-hmm. So it's like to see a church reflecting that is is a cool thing. I think um, 
But so we, I was talking about challenges as a pastor's kid or anything like that. Were there areas that you felt like, dude, like this is hard? Um, I would say it was okay. It wasn't too bad. Um, <laughs> like usually you hear stuff about pastors' kids. You you either have the two extremes: either they you know go against their parents, they get themselves into drugs, alcohol, or you have the really good kids. Like those uh, are. I've, the, I've never heard of pastors' I, kids doing that. They, I, I don't know which ones I you're mean, talking about. Not the, in our fellowship. <laughs> that's the stereotype I'm, that society has yeah. placed. Like what I've heard from. You know, when I tell people, oh, yeah, I'm a pastor's kid, like teachers and even my classmates would say, oh, so are you the good type or the bad type? Wow. And so I'm like, um, none. Oh I'm just Jesus in my heart. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was never a big problem. Like I never went through. It's Let's say I'm not. I don't regret any of the stuff that I've gone through as a mm, pastor's mm. kid, um, or I would I, I would never want to change my change um, my give up the that position. Yeah. Not that it's like a position or a status, but you know, being able to grow up as a pastor's kid. Yeah. To see. Yeah. To see what it's because uh, when you're pastor's kid, they're um, you. I'm sure many can agree. You end up going for all the prayer meetings, the church yeah. meetings. You follow your parents everywhere. You're cleaning the church. Yeah. Cl- opening the church. Uh, opening, closing yeah. the church. Yeah. Exactly. Setting up. So there are moments I'm like, why do I have to do this? You know, I'm. <laughs> why can't I be with the other youth or yeah. the other kids yeah. playing yes. with them or hanging out? Uh, why do I have to clean up? Why do I have to do all this? Like where the pastor is, we need to go fellowship with people. You can't be. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. um, I guess things like that, I get like, oh, I wish I wasn't a pastor. But I think but. you said something that's important. Like you said that you're, you're really blessed to be part, like we were talking about earlier, how the city is very career oriented, mm-hmm. money making, but that families suffer, Yeah. but that you're in a family that you guys actually spend time together. Yeah. So I think that's important too, mm-hmm. to note. Like, I think most of the guys that I've seen, at least that, um, turned to drugs, alcohol, they didn't have that. They didn't have the family. It was even in the states, you know, like yeah. it was like the pastor or the the father of the home was so um, focused on making the ministry succeed, mm-hmm. uh, working because he was like, I gotta you know yeah. provide for the family. That they just didn't have time. So I think that's huge that your family has time together, and so you're able to kind of have like a good perspective of life in general. And, um, yeah, and I think that even though our parents are so they're they're very involved because this is you know full-time ministry they don't have any other jobs so they're so focused on building the church and as senior pastors they have a lot on their hands you know not Mm -hmm, only mm -hmm. not only taking care of bills for the church or the you know just small details but also thinking about all the people you know the problems they have to listen to advising them so i know i i've uh, throughout the years, I begin to understand, you know, uh, understand how much there is for them to take in, how much they have to go through, and to have that exposure. So, and they're leading mm-hmm. how many churches? Um, in Hong Kong, about fourteen, I would say, and then they have a bunch of churches around the around Asia as well. So they're leading, so, you know. Yeah, they oversee this. all. I mean, thank God we we're so grateful for pastors and leaders who are so faithful and yeah. they're so, um 
they're just so good at what they do. Um, many of them have full-time jobs in Hong Kong, especially because, um, you know, they have to support for, uh, for their kids' education. So many of them, despite the fact that they're, they have... Um, uh, other jobs outside of the church, they're still they still put their hundred percent and give all their best yeah. in what they do. So that really helps my parents not having to look after you know follow up every single thing, saying yeah. oh, guide them one by one. So in a way that that's helped them a lot. By the same time, there's still a lot for them you know to take in. But I'm glad that they they handle it so well that. I don't have a problem, you know, I never have to say, why are you spending so much time with people in church and not with us? Why are you, you know, with you're with them all the time. Yeah, you it's have not no like time a for us, so, It's like Yeah, and they, they get us involved as much as we can, so I'm grateful for that, the way my parents have handled all of this. What about, um, okay, so like, obviously there's a good understanding of family you know from your, from your dad and your mom but what about like um kind of moving into the idea of wind build send how does we we use that like motto in our in our fellowship as a whole um evangelism discipleship multiplication what does that like look like or mean to you personally not not your dad not your mom but to you like you've grown up you've seen it you've been around people what does that mean um <clears throat> you're like nothing <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, so win basically, you know, winning those lost souls out yeah. there. Not necessarily because we want a lot of people, not because we want the numbers, but because we believe that, especially living in Hong Kong, what I see even with, you know, people I know, many of them don't see any, find, they don't know what the purpose of living is. They get all these, the, the suicide rate in Hong Kong is really high. Mm. And especially amongst teenagers in high school, because they having they go through so much pressure, they feel like they need to be on top. And so I feel like winning these lost souls are so important because when, when you're able to get into their minds and kind of, you know, uh, educate them, on what Christ is, you know, what Christianity is all about, and how there is more to life. That's that way you can. That that's when they, like I said earlier, they see there is more. There is a purpose to living, and it's not only to, to be the best in everything, but to live for Christ, to yeah. live a godly life. And so I believe that winning these lost souls are so important because, um, you're you're saving them from you know stupid things they may do like committing suicide or just getting into the wrong getting into wrong um situa situations like drinking and things like that so winning the lost souls um and then building them is just like discipling being able um you know equipping them for um uh, equipping them spiritually you know preparing them for um uh for more in the future for more that they're uh, how do we put this like giving them a hope yeah, yeah giving them a hope and just building them up to be the person god has called them to be yeah, yeah. not what they think they should be but you know the way the way god wants them to be built and so how do you in like in a sense envision that like for i want to throw this out because like a lot of people would say like the idea of win or evangelism is like go pass out a flyer. Mm -hmm. So I don't like what what does that look like to you in the context of applying it? Like 
does it mean like pass out a flyer? Does it mean talk to them? Like, you know, I don't know. What's your personal thought on it? Okay. Um, for me, would be trying to be a friend to them. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's good. Because, um, okay, for me, when I think of evangelism and all of that, I straight away think of reaching out to sex trafficking victims okay because that's okay. where my heart's at wow okay um so not you know i'm not gonna like push aside everyone else okay you're not a sex trafficking victim i'm not gonna reach out to you yeah. of course not. <laughs> but take take these victims for example um i think you know i want them to many of them don't know who christ is mm -hmm. so i want them to be able to experience that to have that relationship with them but in order to do that i'm gonna have to build a relationship a friendship with them yeah. because i have to yeah. um you know i can't go in and be like you need jesus so let me pray for you it has to you have to build that trust you have to build that friendship so kind of just being there for them showing them the love and affection yeah you know that they they what what they thought was love and affection you know show them what what it really is like because they've been abused they've been mistreated so you need to figure out how you what what kind of way to approach them you know that won't scare them off or will so, yeah, yeah so that's your, like your personal personal mm -hmm. kind of like passion yeah or like desire is to reach out and evangelize those mm -hmm. now it's interesting because we we have a friend in one of the cities here in germany she goes into the brothels and literally buys time and like spends time with these girls in the brothels and like has coffee and tea with them and like for me i was like what the heck like that's pretty intense but she was saying like it's the only way to really like develop a relationship with them like in the friendship like yeah. to know that hey i'm just here i just want to talk with you guys mm -hmm. you know not like i'm coming in to say like like you guys are messed up you're, yeah. you're you know all these issues so that's cool so evangelism looks like that for you um and then what about discipleship because we because you said you want to like befriend them and really mm -hmm. in a way like share the gospel through that relationship so then when we look at discipleship, like, what does that look like? Okay. Discipleship? Well, I'm going to be honest. I've never, I don't know. I wouldn't say I've actually discipled anyone. Okay. Maybe given advice, mm -hmm. you know, as a, as a friend to my best friends or people I know that are going through stuff and they see, oh, this girl's a Christian. Let me ask her what her view is. Yeah. So I just kind of give them my, my understanding on, you know, on things from the Bible that can help them in situations they're going through. But I guess discipleship would be, again, just a, a lot about that relationship you yeah, have with them, yeah. being that friend and advising them, not telling them this is right, this is wrong, but giving room for them to make their own decisions. But at the same time, you're kind of steering them in, you know, guiding them indirectly yeah. with by, by the way you talk to them or the... I guess when they ask you questions, giving your own perspective on things. So to to kind of just that's good though. Yeah, that's, that's not that's not like a, that's not a bad answer. I think it's a number one. It's honest, and so the the clarity of understanding discipleship, I think, is the what I'm really trying to ask. Like, mm -hmm. do you have like an understanding of it? Mm -hmm. So someone who didn't would say like. Like, well, I don't even know if I've ever discipled, you know, like in the way of like, because I don't know what it is. So I think it's good to know that you actually understand it. So then what about the idea of uh, uh, multiplication or, or sending? Uh, I'm really asking more your view um, because like obviously if you're if you're part of a network that has over 13, 14 churches, then it's 
evident into what it looks like church planting you know mm -hmm. but like you personally like when it comes to multiplication what are some of the things that you think like i think that's part of it or i think that you know when you, you someone is ready spiritually or you receive like god is speaking to them or even to you that oh that person that person should um you know go out start a church or something that i mean i believe that is one way of sending people out yeah i also think that um if say a person is moving even kids like moving from one school to another or a person is being relocated for work to another country just because it's not um you know something god is telling them to do oh you have to go there to work maybe because it's their job they're they have they're being told move from hong kong to thailand or something like their position yeah their the position company. yeah okay. so just because you have to go for work purposes or you're changing schools or you know you're uh, whatever it is i still think that there is opportunity it, it depends on your heart as well where you're at and how you feel if you're if you feel like you're ready and you're ready to take that step of faith you know use in your workplace in your school use that opportunity with a small group of friends whatever it may be to reach out to kind of just minister to those around you be a friend mm -hmm, and because mm -hmm. at the end the church is not a building it's not the four walls we're in it's not it's the people <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's it's the people that make up the church yeah. so wherever yeah. we go that's where the church is yeah and so i believe that sending out in a way is just i i think that wherever you are you can you can you can start your own you know connect groups like mm -hmm, in hong mm -hmm. kong we have what we call connect groups so we meet anywhere you know in, at work at school in at, like a cafe or in people's houses wherever is um convenient for us and we just gather like two or three like in the bible says when two or three yeah. are gathered so just all you need is a couple of people just talking with one another just um helping each other grow in christ together yeah so, awesome just taking advantage of different situations like yeah that. that's cool that's cool what and so like you mentioned earlier sex trafficking but like what are some of the things that you personally desire to like um like if if someone came and said here's a million dollars do whatever god has in your heart what would that be well i've always had <coughs> i've always had a uh, well i've always had a heart to work with sex trafficking victims and i always wanted to start my own ngo mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i know now when i when i even when i say it you know i want to start my own ngo i'm like oh that's impossible that's gonna be a lot of work and then i start comparing myself to all these other people i'm like they know so much and here i am i'm just like i feel like this is what god wants me to do but i only have so much experience exposure compared to all these other mm -hmm, people who mm -hmm. you know have worked firsthand with these victims and they know what they're talking about and i'm like oh what do i do but you know if I, I i know that at the end it's not about the my knowledge it's not about my education it's about god what what god wants and when i trust him he's gonna make you know he's gonna make it all possible he'll yeah. work it out and um so if i was given a million dollars i probably want to be able to start up an ngo see what i can do just to reach out and help these victims provide them because i understand i mean i don't know what they go through mm -hmm, i have never mm -hmm. felt it mm -hmm. but i know 
I, I, I still, I have an idea. I know as much, I know, and I know what they go through enough to be, know what, how, how to reach out, how to yeah. help them recover. Yeah. Um, so, and anyways, it's, it's going to be a learning process. You're not going to know everything at the start. So right. somehow using, I'm sure that money can be used to sort of the NGOs to provide materials for the girls, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, like the resources needed, clothes, food, housings, things like that. Relocation and, services yeah. to hide from the people mm-hmm. yeah, that come after them. Yeah. Um, that's cool, man. That's really cool. Uh, uh, maybe just give a shout out to your church. Uh, I don't know if there's a website people can check out. or. Um... Yeah. Um, so I'm from Calvary Church, Hong Kong, but we're a part of Praise Chapel. Mm-hmm. It's a different name. Uh, if you want to know more, you can check out our Facebook page. It's Calvary Church Hong Kong, or our website website uh, Calvary Church Hong Kong. Um, yeah, and you can follow me on Instagram or Facebook. Yeah, yeah. What's your What's your Instagram um, handle? It's Abigail Priya. Uh, Priya is spelled P R I Y A A A. So. Yeah, you're at you're at five thousand followers now, right? Um, kind of. Uh, no, actually, I'm a half a million now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, thank you. Yeah, cool. Thanks, Abigail. <laughs> good. Thank you for listening. Please like, share, and subscribe. And send any questions you have to Gabriel at Praise Chapel Europe.